Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. If you're a brand that is doing a lot of online advertising, but you feel that you're getting the traffic, but maybe you're not getting the conversion rates that you want, Autophone can be a good solution for that because it will help build trust. But you can also sync it up really interesting with mobile advertising. Does your website stand out in a crowded marketplace? Turn the online spotlight back to your site and grab your customers' attention with SEMrush. For next level online marketing, visit semrush.com backslash free and try it free for seven days. What's up, Mate? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I want to start off, how did you get into marketing? And then we'll dive into the topic of out of home advertising. I guess with a lot of uh, bad luck initially, I um, was applying for college back in uh, Romania, where, where I'm from, if you can tell by the accent. And I failed miserably. I barely got in and I um, was, was doing kind of a remote college kind of thing. And then I had I had a lot of time on my hands and I had the opportunity to go into an internship at a PR agency back in the day. And because I had all this time, they, they took me in. I started doing PR for a few months. And this was back in like 2009 or 2010. And the PR agency started getting interested in social media because there was a lot of money to be made there. And because I was the youngest in the company, they said, hey, you're young. You know all this Facebook stuff. And they just kind of threw me a few clients and I started uh, I started to like it. I started to kind of, you know, learn by doing. I messed up a lot, obviously. Uh, but then in time, I guess I became decent at it. And I just kind of went down the road from there. I So it was PR, social media. Uh, then I moved to Leo Burnett and I did di- digital strategy. And the more I did uh, digital, I realized, hey, there's a bigger world out there called marketing. And I'm curious about it. And I kept kind of going down the road until I started getting into e-commerce. And I was a head of marketing at an um, online travel agency. And kind of uh, that's where uh, everything kind of fell into place, I guess. How do you think about out of home as a, a marketing tactic for a company? Well, there are a lot of ways to do it. And I think there's no Although some people might say that there are only a few kind of vetted strategies, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all, you know, kind of approach. So I think in some solutions, you can think of it as an add-on to your online strategy, especially if you do a lot of online marketing. And we have a lot of clients that do that. So it's not their main channel, and I don't think it should be their main channel, but I think it's a great way for them to double down on reaching some audience and kind of trying to push them further down the funnel and maybe they're not able to do that only with online marketing or for other clients. And some of them have kind of become iconic. It's their main point of contact. So we think of it and the majority of our clients, we think of it as it's an interesting way to stand, especially if you're on an online based business, it's an interesting way to stand out and become a bit more one, a bit more memorable and two, a bit more trustworthy. So it's a great channel to, to build memorability and to build trust with your with your clients and you can do that by doing micro campaigns the go-to strategy for traditional brands was usually oh let's just do a free month out of home campaign you know 
make a couple of creatives and just throw it out there for a quarter and forget about it. While we think it's it should be the complete opposite. You should be looking at a one-week campaign, uh, change up the creative really often, do a lot of A-B testing because you're able to do A-B testing with uh, out of home now as well. But I guess that's it in a nutshell. It, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Are you trying to put your brand out there? Are you, are you trying to build demand? For example, in our case, we're building demand because what we do is not necessarily that well-known. So it, it really depends on the type of business. A lot of people... When people are zigging, you should start zagging. So out of home is a great way. Billboards, wherever you put the out of home advertising you do. And then two is I want to get into this topic of localizing your billboards because that's also a great way to test. Is there an uptick in demand in that area based on that? So, for example, if I just did a test in, let's say, Austin, Texas, Miami and um, some other area and see like, is there an uptick in opportunities or sales in that area if I did out of home that way? So could we go down a little bit of like doing this local strategy you have and how, how you execute localization of billboards? 100%. Yeah. And we have a, a few great examples of this. So one thing that, that you could look at, so obviously let's take Austin for an example. And let's say you're doing nationwide campaigns and you're usually doing online marketing. So what you can do is say, if you're a B2B uh, company, you can focus on targeting billboards in proximity of your potential customers, right? So we've had clients do this. They kind of give us a list of their the HQs of their, um, of their potential clients. And then we kind of map the area and pick specific hours. So they're only targeting transit hours. So they're only targeting, let's say, 7 to 10 a.m., and 5 to 8 p.m. So that way you're way more efficient with your budget. And then what you can look at, apart from doing the traditional kind of uplift surveys, uh, you can look at SEO traffic. And we've seen a bump in the majority of cases where there was a good good creative and good targeting. You see a bump in SEO traffic because people won't necessarily directly engage with the billboard, but they will remember it. So they're, it's, uh, they will either search for it or they will go directly to the website. So it's either direct traffic or SEO traffic. Now, funny enough, what we found is a lot of the, our clients that were also doing online ads at the same time, they saw an, uh, an uptick in conversion rates from ads that they were running and click-through as well. So what that basically means is that people would see the, and this is what specific, specifically in the period of time when, we, when they were running billboard ads. So that means that essentially the billboard ads can increase the performance of online ads as well because you might see a billboard where you're driving to work and then you see an then you see an ad when you're at work and that, the fact that you saw a billboard earlier will increase the chances of you clicking on it and then going further down the funnel so that's one one way of doing it and that works for both b2c and b2b a lot of people forget that most people aren't in have the pain current pain that you're trying to solve as a product so staying top of mind is more than just having a a digital strategy where they're on their phone it's being in multiple places and that having an integrated campaign where they're connected with i'm running this paid advertising on facebook and now i'm also running this out of home like how could i connect those two campaigns so they're seeing two different things. How do you think about like when you're directing customers and stuff like that, how do you think about 
telling them to integrate both the, those campaigns? Like, how, what is a great strategy of like integrating paid and out of home strategies together? It's all about localization. So for us, when we think out of home, it's all about location, location, location. And it depends on what you're trying to build. If you're trying to build top of mind, like you said, one thing that we notice is very important for a lot of our clients that might be startups, might be up and coming e-commerce brands. They care about trustworthiness because anyone can run an ad now, right? And there are there have been so many, I won't say scams, but let's say companies that didn't deliver on their promise, right? Uh, so out of home helps you build that a lot. So if you're a brand that is doing a lot of online advertising, but you feel that you're getting the traffic, but maybe you're not getting the conversion rates that you want, out of home can be a good solution for that because it will help build trust. But you can also sync it up really interesting with mobile advertising. I know you chatted with Jeremy from Decibel Ads a while back, and we've done something interesting with him where you had even a more complex integration of campaigns. So you had basically, uh, you had online advertising so that mobile and desktop doesn't matter, but in a certain location, you had out of home and you also had audio ads in the same proximity. So it kind of creates this bubble effect. And we all know how powerful bubbles are when it comes to people's perception. If everyone around you is talking about a certain brand or product, you're more likely to engage with it or consider it or even buy it because it seems like, you know, it's the up and coming thing and everyone's talking about it. I also wanted to ask you about you. You all had a, a viral campaign with the GameStop billboard. Could you just explain, tell everybody that story and how that came about and what that did for billboards and your brand? That was actually kind of our um, launch pad in the, in the US because we initially started the business in Europe and we kind of did our trial run here. Back then, uh, we recently finished integrated all the screens that we have in the US, which is like half a million now. And we were actually working on our own marketing. And we were doing some billboards, we were doing some online marketing. And we realized we were kind of telling the story, but not doing it for ourselves. So when the whole GameStop thing happened, we realized it's a great opportunity to show people how you can use billboards, even for a small period of time, in order to gain a lot of online traction. So what we did basically is we booked a billboard through our platform that, um, and we put a creative up that said GME go brr, which was one of the memes that was going around. Brr is the sound the money printer makes, right? And we, then we filmed a video of it because the beauty with Out of Home is not, apart from the reach that the billboard itself has, you can use that billboard or that screen in your social media and in your online ads. So what we did is we took a video of that billboard and then we started seeding it on Reddit mostly because the you know main platform uh, uh, for the GameStop thing was Reddit and eventually it got picked up and it got picked up by Wall Street Bets and then it just blew up. So I remember, I think that was my first dose of real pseudo-celebrity, like 50 minutes of fame because I didn't have my notifications turned off for, for Reddit and my phone was literally vibrating off the table the moment it got picked up. Because we got, we were tagged and everything, and everyone was either voting or commenting, and our website crashed. So we got something like eighty thousand people within a few hours on the website, and obviously our infrastructure wasn't ready for that. So we immediately had to up it. The reason that worked for us is because the story was linked directly to the product. So we put the billboard up, and then we immediately said, "Here's how we did it." 
And because we explained that and because it was so interesting that you can get on a billboard for such a low cost and you don't have to do it for a week and you don't have to waste money on it, people were curious and then they jumped on the platform and we had a lot of people submitting a lot of kind of GME-related content on billboards all over. We have a few billboards that are right next to SpaceX factories and people were doing kind of Dogecoin stuff and then they were targeting SpaceX. So basically, that's the way we did it. We just used the billboard as content the reach of the billboard itself was minimal, right? So a few thousands, a thousand of people saw it, but the reach of it online was in tens of millions or hundreds of millions because after that, we started getting a lot of press. So we were featured on, in a lot of publications, anything from Business Insider to Wall Street Journal, you name it. Uh, the billboard is now featured in a lot of documentaries about the GameStop saga. So the ones on HBO, the ones on Netflix, the one on, uh, I think there's one on Hulu as well. And there's an ABC documentary all of them featured us and all of them mentioned us. So that was kind of a interesting way of using billboards in a very, it's a guerrilla tactic, totally, but it's still something that can work for a lot of companies, especially if they time their messaging and their uh, location, right? One point you're making since like we're in the age of digital too is that in the age of social media is that everybody has like a camera present wherever they are. You can also use a billboard as a social tactic, like showing that billboard on. I mean, I do it all the time on, as for my Mark Millennials page, I'll post like a cool billboard I see, and it's pretty much getting them great press. Not press, but it's getting them eyeballs that they didn't have before. But that, like, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't have a cool billboard up that everybody could take pictures of. So Yeah, it's like the, the thumbnail 2.0, right? You can either do a great thumbnail or you can throw it on a billboard and take a picture of that. Like we have we have clients, sorry to interrupt you, but I just remember this. We have clients that have actually revamped their social ads. And instead of just having the generic visual, they put that visual on a billboard and the actual ad itself is now a picture of the billboard. So they're kind of putting money into the online ad that's showing the billboard because they notice that has a higher conversion rate than just using the generic image. One thing I want to go into also is like, what do you think is the greatest challenge right now with out-of-home advertising? I mean, it depends who you're asking. If if I was a, a, a e-commerce or a startup, I would say my greatest challenge would be figuring out how to use out-of-home in the long term. So uh, one thing that we're seeing is a lot of clients have a few ideas, they try it out, and eventually, maybe by their fifth or sixth try, they kind of figure out the right strategy for out of home. So I guess because with not a lot of marketers have experience with this type of channel, it takes a while for you to learn what works and what doesn't. And the problem back in the past was that that was a costly experiment, right? So you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars per campaign just to be able to, you know, have a learning from it. Now with programmatic and with us, thankfully, you don't have to do that. So that's what I think is one challenge. And the other challenge that we have personally is we're trying to kind of change the mindset when it comes to out of home. So the traditional media agencies focus on, you know, buying national, getting a lot of uh, a lot of reach, you know, getting a lot of impressions out of your campaign. And they don't really care about location that much. While we're trying to change that and we're trying to tell people, hey, look at out of home the same way you're looking at online advertising. Just do experiments. Do, if you can, do 
20 campaigns in a month and each campaign can be a thousand bucks. You don't have to do, you know, one campaign that's 20K because if that doesn't work, then your conclusion will be, oh, out of home doesn't work because I tried it once. I spent a hundred K and it didn't work, but maybe the mix wasn't right because maybe the locations weren't right. Maybe the message wasn't right. It's a learning process. It's a complicated learning process. And out of home, unfortunately, it's an, it's an old school industry that has been changing a lot over the past years, but it's a slow change, you know? Everybody's online, but are they finding your website? Grab the online spotlight and your customer's attention with SEMrush. From content and SEO to ads and social media, SEMrush is your one-stop shop for online marketing. Build, manage, and measure campaigns across all channels faster and easier. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Get seen, get SEMrush, visit semrush.com backslash free to try it free for seven days. One tactic that I think would be also very interesting, and I was just thinking about this, just from a B2B perspective is a lot of people forget that marketing and sales should work together and marketing should provide air coverage for sales teams. So one thing that I've seen a lot is SDRs or some are prospecting in a certain area where they don't know the brand or anything like that. They're not top of mind or anything like that. So it's a great way to spend a quick amount of money, not that much amount of money to get air coverage so the SDRs, when they call into a random city that is you or not known as a brand, you can start getting more phones picked up, more emails answered. Because I think a lot of people forget that some SDRs' performance are great because they have we, you have brand affinity in a city and some are terrible because you don't have brand affinity in a city. So I think that's a great way to use out of home as well. Yeah, we have an example with that where the client did exactly what you said. So they basically picked the headquarters of companies that the SDRs were targeting and they blanketed the areas. They also targeted kind of expensive restaurants and more high profile places that they were, they were targeting CFOs and stuff like that, right? So it was a finance company and they saw an uptick. I think it was 16%, if I'm not mistaken. So 16% more deals were closed during the period of the campaign and a few weeks after, and then they went down again for the exact reason that you're saying. Plus, I guess it's also the fact that you're more likely to pick up the phone or talk to a rep of a company that you feel is well represented in your area, right? If you see your neighborhood is blanketed with ads for that, if if it's TV, if it's online, if it's billboards, because billboards also have they have a high affinity with people, especially in their own neighborhoods, because you know that billboard, you know, you've passed it a million times on your way to work and back. So because of that, when you see a company that's on that billboard and you have a chance to talk to that company, it kind of creates an emotional bond there uh, more than an online ad will, because you have millions of online ads and we scroll past, what was it? It was something like 5,000 messages, uh, advertising messages that we scroll past in a day. So Billboards kind of have the tendency to stand out because of that. I don't know how many times I've got like a cold email or a cold message from a company that I didn't know the name. And then I got a cold email from a company I did know the name. And my I paid more attention to the company that I recognized and I didn't recognize. So I think there's like a, a, a way to do it where 
to partner with sales to do this because I know a lot of company don't provide air coverage for their SDRs and then they wonder why they're not successful in certain geos. You can also use it as a direct outreach. We had this marketing agency that put messages up for their clients, for their prospective clients, and they actually use their names. So they were like, they were targeting big brands and they were targeting the CMO of Durex, let's say, right? Of Ricket. So they were like, uh, I forgot her name, but it was like, uh, uh, hey, Janice, we have a great idea to pitch to you. Just uh, open your email. And they put that on a billboard and they took a photo of it and then they seeded it online and they ended up having the meeting because of that. And she wasn't responding to their cold emails because, as you said, we get hundreds of these every day. So it's easy to kind of miss it. Yeah, that's actually an interesting play. Like, put a, a high profile, put a billboard and be like, hey, I saw a billboard with your name on it and be like, this billboard is at this location if you want to go check it out But at this time. But I would also love to have a meeting with, with you about X, Y, and Z. That's a great idea. I also want to go into like, what is a, a marketing hill you would die on? Automation is not the end all be all. So as much as I appreciate automation and it's getting a lot of uh, hype over the past years and everyone is trying to kind of, you know, figure automate as much of the of their marketing as possible. I'm still a big believer in doing one offs in doing things that stand out. And I also think creativity will never be automatized, you know, so sure for something for inbound marketing, you can do a lot of automation. But I don't think that's the only way to do it. And I don't think that's the way to stand out, especially if you have a lot of competition. If you're, if you're the biggest spender in your, in your niche, then you can do a lot of automation and then it shouldn't be a problem because you're just going to outspend everyone. But um, I've realized over my career, I've never, I've rarely been in the position where I was the biggest spender in the category. So for, because of that, you kind of have to figure out more creative ways to do it. And I don't think there's going to be an automatic way of uh, doing that. Because automation is just repetition, you know? Automation is only as good as the person who's executing the automation and the content you put in the automation. So you could have a great system that is automating certain tasks, but if the content, the the way you do it, the structure, the setup, the process is not up to par, you are not going to be as successful. That's why I think AI and all the stuff that's getting, thinking people are going to replace. No, AI is going to just help people become better at their jobs. But if you're good at your job, it just makes your job easier. Like for example, AI and writing, you still have to know what good writing is and good creativity. It helps you give a good foundation and then you can use personality and creativity to make the writing even better. But If you just put out something that's AI written, like you won't know if it's going to be performing or not because you're not a skilled writer or a creative writer. You're just using AI. I totally agree with that. And it's especially you can use it for some repetitive processes like link building and stuff like that. But sure, the quality of the content maybe doesn't matter that much. But yeah, if you want to stand out and especially if you're an underdog in your industry, automation is not going to save you unless like you said, because automation right now, like the whole AI thing is a glorified, if this, then that system, right? Yeah. If you're great at setting that up, it is going to help you save a lot of time, but it won't necessarily help you have the, the best message or the best strategy or the best way to approach your client. Uh, I can share the example. If you think that's interesting of, 
how we ended up working with Snoop Dogg. And from there, started working with a lot of other high profile because it wasn't automation. It wasn't, we weren't referred to him by anyone. It was just guerrilla marketing, which I guess is our thing. <laughs> I think also people forget like the power of like a personalized outreach and the power of like creative outreach to reach someone that is high profile or to get in front of people like automation is to get to the masses. But if you're trying to get someone who's like on a personal level, you can't just have a generic message, reach them. You have to be personal. Like you said before about that CFO booking a meeting. If you, if you just did direct, direct generic messaging, she didn't answer the generic messaging that they were putting out before. So yeah, and even even if the messaging is good, it's like you said, you, you need to have a story to tell and you can repeat a story through automation and make sure the, the story you have reaches a lot of people and you don't have to do that manually, but you still have to have the backbone of the story. And that's all about creativity and all about strategy. One thing also I want to get into is I know that it's tough to predict what's going to happen in the future of marketing, but what's a trend that you're seeing right now that most marketers should jump on? I like that more and more marketers are developing in-house creative uh, teams. And I think that's something great. Although I used to work in an agency, so obviously I have a lot of uh, love for agencies as well. But I think because of their structure and because of their incentives, it makes sense that more and more marketers uh, will have their own creative department because until now you only had kind of a small marketing team, right? In each company, you would have people that coordinated various agencies but because of that, the motivation was kind of misaligned. And I feel that thing, times are changing and more and more companies are focusing on doing everything in-house, especially for day-to-day -day stuff. And sure, if you want to stand out, if you want to do a Super Bowl ad, if you want to do a spectacular campaign, then yes, you should work with outside resources. But for day-to-day -day marketing, I, I realize we work 90%, if not more, of our clients are not agencies. We work with direct clients who have their own setup. And that's the moment in which our, the campaigns that they do perform the best because with the agency, you know, the incentive of the agency is to spend your budget. That's a successful campaign for them, especially a media agency, right? If they manage to spend your budget and reach some numbers that are kind of, you know, glorified KPIs, uh, then that's fine. But with the marketing team or the creative team inside the company, then their, their performance and their incentives are much more directly linked to the performance of the company, which I think drives them to run more performance-based campaigns. And when I say performance-based, I don't mean cost per click or anything like that, but just look at the overall performance of that campaign within the company. It can be a recruitment campaign. It doesn't have to be, you know, something. Uh, or can, it can be a brand campaign. So I think that's one thing that I've seen it happening uh, over the past five years. And it's a, it's a long-term change. It's not something that's going to happen next year. So I'm not able, probably next year is all going to be about GPT free and AI and automation. Uh, if you want kind of a quick trend, but in the long run, I think more and more companies are going to develop their own high performing marketing departments and use agencies for things that are kind of outside day to day business. And going back to that automation thing you were talking about before, I think before five to 10 years ago, you could get away with using great tactics and good math and good formulas to target people and reach the right people and get in front of the right people. But now creative is becoming more and more important to, to win the game. And 
it's with the automated and AI of media buying happening. If you don't have a great creative team set up and the creative team doesn't understand your customers and you can move at the speed that you want to move at, it's going to be hard to, to win against someone who has the same exact media buying AI that you do or media buying tactics that you do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I see, I feel it's easier than ever to reach people. So it's not necessarily about getting in front of them, but it's about showing the right message when you are in front of them. Exactly. Um, and the last question I have for you is, what's one thing someone starting out right now should do or a piece of advice that you would give them that they would come back to you a few years later and thank you for? Trust no one and experiment everything. So I think what we didn't do enough in the beginning when we started off was that because we all had marketing experience, we thought, okay, these are the things that work and these are the things that don't work. So we kind of went down the beaten path. And the moment we started having real success was when we kind of ventured into the great beyond and we're like, you know what? Let's just try it. What's the worst that can happen? Worst case scenario, nobody hears about this. Nobody sees it. That's fine. Best case scenario, we land on something that is truly unique and has a lot of impact for us and we can build on it. And that's how we started doing a lot of stuff. And that's how we started having a lot of high profile uh, clients and being having our own version of success is because we said, okay, this is, this is the way other people are doing it. We don't want to do that. Let's try something different. And we are doing a part of the established things like SEO and PPC and remarketing and all that. So it is our baseline strategy. But it's not the thing that sets us apart. And I think it's easy with all the advice you find online right now to kind of think, okay, these are the things I have to do. You don't really have to do anything. You have to figure out kind of your own tempo and the things that you're great at and just go down that route. So short version, short answer, experiment. There are still a lot of unknown things out there and waiting for marketers to discover them, you know? That's why creativity is needed in marketing. It's connecting the, the dots that haven't been connected yet. And also humans are irrational creatures. They're not rational. If they were rational, it would be way easier to target humans. If, they, if you, you could predict their behavior, but humans are not predictable. Totally. And they'll say one thing and do another. So even if you exactly. do a study about it, yeah, it's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing is where could people find you, where people could find what you're doing? Um, I'll give you a couple, a minute or two to chat about that. So we're basically an open platform uh, that connects like over half a million billboards and you can, we let people book them by the hour uh, at, you know, rates that are uh, uh, pennies on the dollar compared to what you get from a traditional buy. Uh, You can find us at cblindspot.com. The company is called Blindspot uh, on all your social media and website and all and uh, everything else. And uh, I don't know. The story of us is we like putting cool stuff on billboards. So if you have something fun, if people have something fun that they want to throw out there and test it out, like I said, experiment with it and see what kind of the uh, the reaction of their uh, audience is, we're more than happy to help. That's about it. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you for coming on. Um, I appreciate the chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.